0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Geek Studios Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. I I will give him first round before you guys. Everybody knows you guys. Uh, So, we got Patrick from uh, LodgeCon. So, how are you doing, Patrick?
1: Good, good. Uh, Thanks for having me on tonight.
0: Oh, no. Thank you for uh, joining us. Um, And as always, we have uh, Ernest, who goes by different names today. He's Mr. Pusha Man. We got... Kevin, who's going by Mez today. These guys change their names all the time on the screen, so just <laughs> you, you kind of have to roll with what they what they use. Um, I'll see if I can change mine later. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kevin, so uh, first off, uh, tell us a little bit about LodgeCon. Um, you know, what is it? A uh, little bit of information around it.
1: Sure. Uh... LodgeCon is a two-day-long board game geek seminar panel cosplay uh, vendor hall convention. Uh, We we started roughly seven years ago, um, and we've progressed every year so far in size and geekiness. Um, We're a family-friendly event for the most part. Uh, Generically speaking, we're free to attend, as silly as that sounds. We have a vendor hall and a seminar and panel hall. Anybody can come in and shop. They don't have to pay to come in. Anybody can come in for free to attend the seminars and panels. That's all free. free. The only time you pay is when you go into the game hall and you want to play the board games or the organized play games like D&D uh, Adventure League or Pathfinder and Starfinder or uh, the Magic the Gathering tournament uh, or the Age of Sigmar tournament that goes on every year at our convention. So oh. we're anything I find geeky and entertaining, I squish it into the building. Respectable. Uh,
0: So, would you say this is a good place for people who? Is this more for experienced players or even for uh, amateurs? People, yeah, amateurs. I would say noobs, right? But amateurs.
1: (laughs) I would say both. Both really can get some enjoyment out of it, but I would almost say um, for the new players, it's more beneficial for the new players. Uh, I know when I was a kid and I used to go to some of the larger conventions around, uh, not that I'm going to name them or name drop anybody, but I would go to a couple of the larger (laughs) conventions and when I'd show up, I was lost and it took me years to figure out how to navigate those larger gaming conventions. And uh, we don't have that problem. We're not a massive game convention. We're not uh, an Origins or Gen Con or anything like that where there's, you know, 50,000 plus people attending these things, you know. Uh, we're in the, the hundreds, but at the same time, we're small enough of an event to handhold people to get them to where they want to be.
0: Oh, you nice. know, if, if
1: somebody who's new into gaming wants to come and learn how to play a game, we can send them in the right direction, and we're going to take the time and point them in that area and shove them. Um, and nice. then At the same time, you have somebody who's more experienced and has been to Gen Con or Origins or uh, PAX East or West, and they... They know how to navigate these cons,
0: they're going to walk right
1: in and go exactly
0: where they want to go and have fun. They're going to know what to do. Okay. So. Oh, nice. Uh, so, the, the three of us, uh, we've kind of gotten a little bit into D&D. The only problem is we don't know how to be a dungeon master. So we just kind of like <laughs> roll with whatever it goes. You know, it's like, all right, this is a 20. All right. I don't know what. Like, it's a critical hit. Yeah. Right. I, I could come up with a story. I just don't know the rules. So, I'm like, I'm not a good dungeon
1: master because it's a lot of books to read. There, there's no such thing. Okay, now let me rephrase that. <laughs> there, are, there are bad dungeon masters out there. There really are. But especially when you're first just getting into the game, you're learning how to play, there's no such thing in that aspect as a bad GM. Um, I've been playing these types of games since I was – 13 and I'm 46 now. So uh, more than a a couple decades. And um, so, you know, there's different things you learn as you progress. It's literally like the game. Mm -hmm. You know, when you first start playing the game, you're level one. You don't know anything. Your characters are weak sauce. But then as you progress and play and continue to play, by the time you get to my age, you can wing an entire adventure path and uh, make it look good. But at the same time, not have anything behind your screen. So it's a learned art.
0: Yeah. We <laughs> see maybe we could go maybe we, we could find somebody with a little bit more experience because uh Ernest down here he makes it his mission to YouTube uh different things of how to be he he looks for videos how to be overpowered in dungeons and dragons <laughs> and I'm like I don't know if you can do that. I I, I do my but...
2: research. Um, I definitely <laughs> the most unique combinations that you can find is what I want to do. <laughs> so yeah. I definitely go research a lot. He's a power
1: player or a role player, and, and the type of role where you're referring to the dice rolls, not, mm-hmm. not 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 the acting role.
3: Yeah, so, <laughs> that's,
1: you that's your niche, which is fine. It's totally cool. Um, I, you, there's all different types of players out there in the, in the settings. There's role players. There's rule lawyers.
2: There's noobs, there's pros, there's legends. Oh, wow. uh, and, and so, so, so it's, it's okay.
0: three noob, three noobs, and a legend.
2: <laughs> hey, that would be an amazing title, by the way. For if we start this D and D series. <laughs> that would I mean, be, pretty, uh, be a good name.
4: <laughs> the three noobs and the legend. <laughs> not
1: bad. Not bad. I, what? I'm glad you guys are getting into role-playing games. That's pretty cool. Have you tried anything besides D&D, or is that the only thing you've done so far? Uh,
0: I tried. What was it? Uh, It's kind of like Dungeons & Dragons, but it's
2: uh, a different concept.
0: Yeah, what was it? It Was
1: Was it Pathfinder?
0: No, it wasn't Pathfinder. Savage Worlds?
2: I'm well why you think about that yeah me well, I'll about it. I'll about it. <laughs> um me personally so i would say d d is the only actual role-based playing board game that i do but not online the multiplayer games i do play a lot of role- based games like final fantasy is huge for me um that was one of that actually got me into my first open world multi-online player uh role-playing games. <laughs> Well, they're all related. They're all yeah. of
1: each other. Um, <laughs>
2: that uh, Fable was a great role-based game. Oh, yeah. Any decision-based game really, really started me into the, oh, I can affect things based on my choices, so I don't have to just be a good guy. I can actually do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: uh, D&D, in theory, and a lot of people claim that D&D is the grandfather of all games, for yeah. at least the modern games. As yes. far as video games, tabletop games, card games, uh, a lot of people will say that D and D was the the center point where it all started, and from there you get all the branches all the way up to, you know, your multiplayer games online to your you know um, solo games on PlayStation to uh, more relevant current video games and or tabletop games out in the in society. They all kind of trace their roots back to D D, because essentially all D D is. It's a computer game played with dice and paper and imagination. That's all it is. The, that's basically the, the dice rolling is the foundation of every video game that's out there for the most part. Uh, other than some player skill with first-person shoot 'em's. Uh, <laughs> you know, every video game out there is can trace its roots back to D&D. I was
0: going to okay. say the closest I could get to being good at D&D is the, is the Dungeons & Dragons board game.
2: <laughs> I was trying to grab it. It's
0: right behind me, but it's under all these. Th- Let me try and grab it. I might <laughs> oh, make a mess, hold <laughs> <laughs> on.
2: Well, why do you do that? Uh Dopey, have you ever played anything? Oh, um, have you ever played anything other than
4: uh no? I'm actually still frankly new to D D. You know, I- I've been wanting to get into it, but I haven't been with certain people who also want to get into it, so it's it's I always have it in the back of my head, but I haven't it had is. people that with the with the with the same what's it called mm-hmm. with the same mission be like, hey, you know what? Man, let's that... give it a shot. Yeah. And that's how normally it goes. You know, there's always people that kind of do want to start putting their foot in the pool, but then they want to back up like, nah, it's gonna ruin my life. I'm gonna. <laughs> you, <you're> gonna <laughs> I'm like, Bro, it's a fucking game, just Like, come see? on, let's just have it <laughs> <run>. like, <laughs> let's,
2: let's, like, a. I let's let's give it a shot. Let's give. We it can shot, all but, agree. You know, that there has been one game that we've got so addicted to that we couldn't we couldn't put it down. Final Fantasy was that game for me. I was, I spend real like money on Final Fantasy. <laughs> I, it, so, it happens. Yeah. There
0: is a game where I spent a lot, a lot more money than I would like to say, <laughs> and I still. It's a mobile game. Um, my girlfriend listens to this, so I only spend five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's still a lot for a... Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, so it's here cool. is the board game. So it's a Dungeons & Dragons board game.
1: Oh my lord. Let me see the back of that. Okay. It's, upside, upside down.
2: There you go. I didn't put it right when closed <laughs> it closed Gotcha.
1: Yeah, no, cool. uh, I've i been playing D&D since the age of 13. Uh, and, and there's kind of a funny story behind it i i'm old enough to where when i was a kid growing up playing these games um there was this thing called a satanic panic oh, you guys uh, have ever heard yeah of that before I, I remember yeah well, i remember oh, hearing oh, about please, it. yes please 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 explain uh one <laughs> a
4: little more hey it, it, it caught my interest
1: <laughs> it caught well, my interest <laughs> well back in the back in the, it was like the mid to late 80s i believe it might have been in the early 80s but anyhow there was uh Parent groups and media and, and everybody freaking out over D and D the the game because they blamed it uh, on uh, some unfortunate incidences that happened to some kids when they were younger in the eighties. And so instead of saying, "Hey, these kids need help uh, with you know home life or you know emotional stuff they were going through or whatever the case may be for those individual kids," they started blaming the outcome of their choices on the fact that, you know, once or twice to play d d oh, it's the devil game. And it's like, what the heck? This doesn't make any goddamn sense. You know, uh, modern movie.
4: parents. Modern oh. parents. It <laughs> still they, happens they, they, to this they, day. They, I know. That's yeah. why. It's so like, you know, they can't they, they, – they don't want to take responsibility. So it's like, fuck it. You know what? It's that game's fault.
1: Basically, yeah. And so when I was a kid growing up, um and I just started getting into it. I was 13. I think I was in junior high or right around junior high, and a friend of mine, him and his older brothers played D&D, and he wanted to introduce me to the game because we were good friends. We lived near each other, and I was like, oh, sure, okay, why not? Let's just. Well, my mom, God bless her, uh, being a, a typical <laughs> parent from that age group, uh, found out about that game, and I tried to explain to her that the premise behind the game is you're good defeating evil. Right. You know, that's the whole premise. That's like the whole shtick of DD for the most part. 98, 99% of all games is your good guys beating, beating the crap out of bad guys. Yeah. But there was still that, that stigmatism around the game uh, that to a certain point, I was getting so much flack from my mom that, uh, you know, she didn't want me playing. And then so my buddy and his brothers also played a different game called Shadowrun. mm now is anybody familiar with Shadowrun?
4: I am not. Let me cool there. Okay. <laughs> I've
1: time.
4: heard of it. I know I've heard of it at some point. Well,
1: the, the premise behind it's Shadowrun familiar. is your criminals stealing, blowing uh, stuff can't... up and killing people. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I
4: now now right that now, now that is my game.
1: <laughs> and, and let's, scary... get, let's
4: get into that game, kind of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to be the bad guy. <laughs> and it, it's kind of very reminiscent of something along the lines of like uh Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, you know, that futuristic timeline. There's in, in the game itself, there's humans, there's dwarves, there's orcs, there's elves, but it's in the future, and you have robotics and cybernetics and magic, and it's all intermingling. And again, for Shadowrun, the premise of the game was you're bad guys, criminals, literally committing you Correct. know felonies and murders Maybe. and thefts, and, and that was the premise behind the game. So, as a kid growing up. Uh, my parents weren't comfortable with me playing D anD D, but they were totally fine with me playing Shadowrun. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, dude. I my parents would I'd get home from my buddy's house, and my parents would be like, "What were you doing at Brian's?" And I was like, "Oh, we were just playing Shadowrun." And they're like, "Oh, okay." D&D. No, I wasn't playing D and was playing Shadowrun. Totally different game. I don't.
4: I don't want you to be a knight in shining armor, but I want you to be a robber. I want you to kill these people. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no.
1: Knight in shining armor. No, no, no. No, 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 no questions. Knight in this be, house. And to be fair, the Shadowrun game is pretty fun and it's a pretty good game. But again, the the night and day premises. Night and day. And, <laughs> Then uh, by the time I got to be about 16 or 17, somewhere in that ballpark, my parents had lost all control over me. I was already kind of on my own kind of a deal. And they were just like, just don't get in trouble. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, And uh, now even to this day, my parents are like, you going to go play D&D. Tell the boys we said hi. It's like, okay, mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I totally understand it. Um, So I went through something similar and I, I, I like telling the story, but it breaks my heart every time. Um, so when I was younger, um what's it called? I my parents decided to take take us back to Mexico. Uh we were we lived in a bad area, so from there they're like, you know what, let's get them out of that bad area. Um, hopefully, you know, like they'll be spared from you know the the crime area that's around there. So we went, we went to Mexico and we ended up going to a Catholic uh school. So uh the...
1: Those are rough. Yeah. So the prin- <laughs> the
0: principal or the, the, the priest, right? He called up all the nuns, which the nuns were the teachers. He, he's like, hey, I just confiscated something. What is this? Explain this to me. And it was Pokemon, the Pokemon cards. And oh, from there, they're, they're like, you know what? I've read that this is satanic. And this is mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, we can't have this. We, we need a meeting with all the parents. They called all the parents. They called my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom gets home. She's like, "She's like, where's your Pokemon stuff?" I was like, "Oh, she's interested in Pokemon." Oh, I'm showing her all my Pokemon stuff. I'm showing her my like Dragon Ball stuff. She threw all of it away because she says that oh. them, that they told her they were satanic. I was like, "It's not satanic. No, it's just it. They're digital monsters. They're like that's the devil." I was like, "Oh my god, it's not the devil." But I mean, what could I do? You know, I was like 12 at the time. So
1: yeah, uh, yeah.
0: So, so now whenever there's a charity side that goes for sale, the, the, the original cards, like I'll, I'll send it to her, and I'm like, oh, that could have been me.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Well, and that's the thing I, I never understood on, on you know, the, the, the pure panic of everybody back mm. in the day and, and the simple fact that, you know, what I got out of playing those games, D&D and Shadowrun, and and, and other games we played in, in my youth is what I got out of it was one, a better comprehens- a comprehension of math and English yeah. because of all the dice rolling and the quick uh, calculations and all the reading of the rule books. My, my education would not be what it is today if it wasn't for those games back in the day. Along with that, I've developed, um, I call them the guys. I've got this group of like 10 guys that we played games with our entire lives. So from like 16 to 15 to all the way to the one – buddy of mine I met at 13 to this day we're still playing games it's been 30 years Yeah, you know, <laughs> we did something right because we're all still friends we all right. still see each other and hang out with each other we all help each other if we need a hand with something mm-hmm. we, we formed our own little for lack of a better word cult <laughs> around <laughs> these games uh, and in fact uh, just a few months ago uh, the wife and I ended up moving a little further south than where we were a year ago, mm-hmm. actually two years ago. We we bought a house uh, and moved in just this last November. So we're almost coming up to a year in the new house. Okay. So the other day the wife gave me a honeydew list that was a mile long. Said, <laughs> Not the
2: honeydew list. <laughs> <laughs> oh she's it. like,
1: here, take the kids, go do this honeydew list. And you know, I she said she had to work that day and that you know, when I got home, I'd get home and she would be home later that night. And I said, okay, cool. So I grabbed my kids. It's called parenting. Yeah. <laughs> Went to go do the honeydew list. And uh, the way my property works is there's a uh, there's a pretty big line of trees on the west side of my property. So you don't see the driveway until you're right up on the house. Mm-hmm. So I come right up on the house expecting an empty driveway. And there's 10 cars oh. in my driveway. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I was all confused. My kids are in the back seat laughing, and I don't know why they're laughing. And then all of a sudden, I see two of my buddies standing in the driveway, one of which was our forever GM, pulling his D and D box out of the trunk of his car, and he looks at me like, "Oh." <laughs> I'm, like, like, <laughs> I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" So my wife arranged with my buddies to throw a surprise D and D thing. We played D and D for like 13 hours that day.
4: Wow! Yeah,
1: and I was That's like, "That's amazing." Oh That's yeah, and, uh, that, that dude! I, love my family like... and friends are awesome, but it, it just, <laughs> holy cow! And mostly, she did that because we had a rough couple of years with COVID, and we had a bunch of other stuff. Like we had a house fire; it's part mm. of the reason why we bought a new house, uh, yeah. and a bunch of other things. So I haven't been playing games uh, in quite a while. So that was a huge uh, gift that the wife put together for me, <laughs> and just surprised me with uh, just this last August is when that happened. So, but it was just like, holy cow. So my wife was able to make two phone calls and that clicker cult of 10 guys <laughs> showed up and we all played D&D for 13 hours. Uh, um, Just, you know, about two weeks worth of notice. So, and one of my guys lives now currently in Atlanta.
2: <laughs> and he he came up. <laughs> uh, that wow. is some planning. Yeah. So, so I have to ask, I have to ask, how did you go from... 13 year old, I'm assume like playing in the dining room or a basement or a garage basement. to I feel like it was a basement, but <laughs> how did you go from playing a basement in D to running LodgeCon?
1: Okay, so we have that big group we talked about, right? Yes. So the last couple of years we haven't been playing anywhere near the amount we used to play. You know, we all got busy, we started having kids, careers. Uh, People moved away out of state, and so we were playing fewer and fewer times throughout the year. But I still had, at the time, uh, a lot of free available weekends, and uh, I had the desire to play still. So what I started to do was I started organizing games at a local game store called the Dragon's Refuge down here in A in KKK County. Uh, And that's where we started playing uh, organized play Pathfinder, which is similar to D&D Adventure League. Uh, where it's an organized living campaign where you go on adventures, you report the adventures, and it affects the outcome of the world. Uh, Pathfinder is the inheritor of D&D in many respects. Um, In fact, full disclosure, uh, I am or was or at one point was a venture captain for uh, Pathfinder uh, Paizo in particular, the Organized Play Foundation, which was their group of volunteers that would arrange games at different, uh, conventions or oh. different game stores. So what I was doing in the beginning is organizing, uh, adventures at a local game store because I wanted to play. Uh, I wasn't uh, a member of the organized play yet. I was just some guy who just got tired of not playing. So I started putting up posts at the local game store. Hey, come on down and play with me. Uh, which sounds horrible. <laughs> if you wouldn't have mentioned it I wasn't going to say anything I, I, it, it was in the back of
4: my mind but you know, I was, I was
1: going to wait a few let see if he caught himself but, okay. so we started I started playing these games at uh, the refuge and we started off real small we had one table uh, every like three or four weekends like basically like once a month um, I kind of have a weird unique work schedule or, where it's really kind of mapped out for the entire year Uh, I'm a fireman, so I have one day where I'm at work Mm. and then two days off. So every third Friday, I would organize games when I knew it was my day off uh, at the game store. And again, we started off small, and then it grew. And then I started getting – I went from one table to four tables every Friday, which was pretty insane for a little while. And I told myself when I started it, if we did this and it worked out well, I would do a game day at the store. I would rent out the store – and I would promote it, and I would push it, and I would reach out to other local gaming communities and say, "Hey, we're doing this thing with Pathfinder. Come on down and check it out in these organized games." So I did that because we we were kind of successful. We had some good numbers there. we like I was saying, we're doing four tables a night instead of one. So we had, you know, twenty five to thirty some odd players on a Friday night playing Pathfinder across this. Game store. (laughs) So I I rented out the store and had the event. We had over 50 people show up just to play Uh, Pathfinder over the course of the the entire day.
0: That that is a lot of people.
1: Like 50 people? Yeah, I had 50 people. I had people from Chicago to Champaign show up to play at my game day.
0: That's a drive from Champaign, too.
1: (laughs) It's a bit of a (laughs) haul From from here, though, from uh, Champaign, it's like an hour or so to get to champagne from here
0: oh okay okay. because
1: i'm like in the middle between so you got champagne chicago and i'm like right here yeah (laughs) so it's an hour or so from either chicago or champagne so it was beneficial because we were out in the middle of nowhere which made it fine because we were just as far from everywhere (laughs) so so we had some advantage there so the the game day went over really well and i nicknamed it lodgecon because that's uh lodge uh is a in-game term from pathfinder uh so people in the, in the community who weren't necessarily around our immediate area knew what Lodge meant. It's basically like a union house, basically. <clears throat> so after the first event, it was very successful. Uh, and then I had a really big group of local players that wanted me to do it again the next year. And, and uh, so I talked to the, the store owners and they said, we would love to support you, but you can't do it here because we were already at max capacity this last year. So I started looking for different venues. And uh, the Will County Fairgrounds in Piatton, Illinois, is where we eventually landed. And I have some um, family connections there because my wife's whole family uh, does a lot for the Will County Fairgrounds. And they helped us out. And they said, sure, come on down. So I rented out the fairgrounds for a weekend. So <laughs> oh, once nice. I figured out I had all this space, I had to find a bunch of stuff to put in it. So we had some of the games, but I sought out other games. I sought out vendors. I sought out entertainment. And just I keep cramming stuff in there. <laughs> so, uh, our last show was in 2020, we had over 400 attendees. So, oh, wow, and that, that's a mix of gamers and people just coming in to shop and leave. Yeah. So, it's not like we had 400 people rolling dice.
4: <laughs> I was about to <laughs> say that that, that would have been pretty impressive, though. Yeah, it <laughs> I mean, it's, still...
0: <laughs> it's still impressive, yeah. getting 400 people through a door is it's not an easy well, task,
4: yeah. But, I mean, Ooh. imagine 400 people just rolling
1: the die like man all rolling at the
2: same time yeah it just it sounds just, like thunder is... have you
1: guys been to gen con or origins no <laughs> i can't say no. oh god you guys are missing out that's some big start with a smaller con <laughs> and work your way up to gen con those larger conventions are pretty impressive so
0: so start off at large con from there just stick to large con <laughs> Eventually go to jail. Hey, man,
1: basically, basically, there's levels
4: to this shit, man. There's levels to this. Well, they loob-
1: the, were still noobs. <laughs> well, here's the great thing. You can always do the smaller cons, work your way up to the big cons, but then still dip down to the little cons. You know, nothing saying you have to abandon them. So oh, like, well, of
4: course, of course. Yeah, Remember like, where God. you came from.
0: <laughs> so I am uh so obviously, like I like I've been to different conventions. Um but for some reason, I've always really enjoyed the smaller conventions. Like I've been to Wizard World back when it was Wizard World. Now it changed name. You oh, know, yeah, like, it did. And yeah, I, that's when
2: yeah. I went to um, X. Ex- it's something Expo.
0: It's a fan Expo. Yeah, yeah. it's fan Expo. Yeah, so it's, not, it's fan Expo. I've <laughs> I've been to uh, Ito Ito usually like every year when it comes. Yeah. But for some, like I really enjoy I really enjoy going to the smaller ones because one, it's not as crowded uh two it's not as overpriced
2: i can give Uh, you three and four so for me three and four three would be the entertain like the people there the vendors are a lot more easier to talk to you versus they don't feel so entitled um as a for, for us we've been doing this podcast for quite a few years and whenever we go we try to do a lot of interviews and things like that and make different connections and small we always get more um connections and networking at smaller cons than we do at uh bigger ones. Because if we're like yeah. when person when a person makes it to the bigger con, they like, oh, you don't have any credentials. We don't need to talk to you. What can you do for me? <laughs>
1: well and, and they're
2: missing out. They really are. Uh, yeah. I, I
1: know some vendors that do go to some larger conventions and, and they're there for a purpose. They're there to to push their product, whether yeah. if it's uh stuff they make uh, stuff they buy and resell, whatever the case may be, when they're at those larger conventions, they're under a great deal of stress because it yeah. does not it's not easy, one, to get into them. And two, it's not cheap. They're they're paying an arm and a leg to be there. So they want to sell, sell, sell. Yeah. Um, the smaller the convention, usually the, the easier it is for vendors because it's not difficult to get in. And the smaller vendors really, or smaller events, don't charge a ton of money to these vendors. So if they don't sell... Stuff for a couple hours, it's okay, they're not going to lose their, their shirt.
3: Yeah, um, really.
1: but I know some vendors who go to Gen Con, uh, as an example, and they're there to sell. Period. End of, end of statement if you're not buying their stuff, you know, you need to move along Keep so somebody else on. can get up there and, <laughs> and buy. And, and, and again, you can't blame them. Uh, no. Booth prices at those larger conventions are insane. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a booth spot at like an Origins or Gen Con probably costs almost as much as my entire convention co- costs to run it I mean it's we're we are not that expensive um, what we yes. try to do though is we try and give the the best show that we can for one a reasonable for a reasonable oh oh incredible reasonable, reasonable price cool. yeah yeah and in, in fact one of one of the big things that we decided to do for this year um is Because with, with COVID, we had to take last year off just like everybody else.
3: Yeah. But
1: there are some of my vendors that that lost their businesses because they didn't have those shows to go to right after another. There, there were, still are technically, some vendors that just go from show to, show to show to show to show to show. And that's their living. And if they can't make it to show to show to show because it was all canceled last year, there were some vendors of mine that have basically closed shop because wow. they, they couldn't do it. They, they lost their shirt and they had to sell their business for lack of a better word. So this year in particular, one of the things we did to help out those vendors that did survive the pandemic, we wanted to give them a little bit of a reward. And so what we did was we slashed our vendor price in half. Wow. That, yeah. That uh, is... Well, we were able to do that because I'm going, <laughs> I'm going out there just like a pit bull trying to find as many sponsors as humanly possible. Um, That was a a different business strategy than we had in years previous. Years previous, we've always had sponsors, but we never hammered them or tried to hammer as many sponsors as we are this year. Um, And then same thing with the attendees. Our last show was in 2020. We had over 200 attendees or excuse me, had over 400 attendees in 2020. Uh, And this year we're trying to slash that price again in half for them because there hasn't been a whole lot of cons lately you know You're they're really right. just starting to start back up this year so last year a 2-day game badge was $20 this year it's 10 oh so, wow yeah so we're we're going for the affordability package uh, on the shoulders <laughs> of our sponsors and <laughs> our sponsors are really stepping up and they're helping us out a ton uh, adventureaweek.com um they're a publisher of a third party D&D 5th edition campaign setting uh, mm-hmm. rise of the Drow. They're donating a bunch of stuff for us to raffle off the event. Um, they've been a, a longtime sponsor of our show. They've, they've sponsored us every year. We've looked for sponsors. Oh, um, uh, the Dragon's Refuge, another great sponsor. Um, <laughs> Jody Gill, CPA, my tax accountant. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. That's amazing. <laughs> Located yes. in downtown Mantino, she's a sponsor. <laughs> I mean, so we're, we're really reaching for the different sponsors and we're, we're looking for different sponsors. You know, in okay. years past, we've tried to stick to more of the um, the geek or the comic for sponsors. This year, we're CPA. She's sponsored.
2: Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you
1: know, we're trying different things and looking for more
2: sponsors as we go along. So, so with that being said, uh, what does it take to help sponsor LodgeCon? Um And are there different tiers of sponsorship?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, basically, the, we have three tiers. Uh, for sponsorship, $100 are below, $300 below, and $500 and then down. Um, and each one of them comes with a different set of perks. Um, and we, we try and be flexible. So, for example, like uh, AdventureaWeek.com provided us with equivalent products instead of the cash you know, mm-hmm. that other sponsors gave us. So what we do is we take a look at that and take a look at the equivalency of the, the amount of Product they're giving us compared to cash, and then we try and reciprocate as if it was cash. Um, And then um, the the sponsors get their names and logos on the back of the the convention t-shirts. I can turn around here. Oh Oh, yeah, okay, okay. (laughs) So and then uh, we do some advertising for them on our Facebook page, uh, on our other social media pages. And we you know they get free t-shirts depending upon the level, and free game passes depending upon the level, and a lot of the sponsors, at least a lot of the local sponsors are just there to throw money at us and help out because we do some things where we we, um, we offer group rates or free discounts uh, <laughs> <laughs> to organizations that are interested in attending, like the Boy Scouts um, um, and other organizations along those lines. We'll we'll throw them a bone and be like, just just get in, just come on. Yeah, just get um, so and we're trying to work with the community in that way, too. So, okay.
0: Uh, I was seeing that the 501 Legion is going to be there. Like, so we met them. We met a we met a few (laughs) of them uh, in Joliet. Yeah, for
1: the Star Wars Star Star Wars Day. Yeah, the 501st. The great group of guys. Uh, It turns out um, I didn't know this at the time, um, but I kind of mentioned it earlier uh, that I was a fireman, and one of our dispatchers through the dispatch center that responds and works with us. One of their dispatchers happens to be a member of the 501st. Oh. <laughs> and I ran into him. He ran into me. We've kind of known each other for a few years because we talk on the radio quite a bit. But you never really meet him face to face. And then so finally one day I met him and he's in Stormtrooper armor. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> So we started talking and I told him about my little convention. And uh, he's like, hey, uh, is it cool if I bring some? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes whatever the question is yes you know um so they came out in uh in 2020 it was their first time with us uh and they're part of the midwest garrison and for your viewers who don't know the the 501st is a charitable organization that is worldwide uh and it's volunteers that in order to join the group you have to have movie quality stormtrooper armor it's got to be film ready if it's not film ready you don't get in the group but once you're in the group they do things like uh, movie premieres, uh, opening games at ballparks. And the big thing is visiting children's hospitals and raising you know, the spirits of sick kids, which is yeah. it's awesome. I think their motto is bad guys doing good, I think is their motto. Um, and then they also go to different conventions like in Joliet, uh, C2E2. Um, what's the big Star Wars convention that is blanking on me all of a sudden? Star Wars, Star Wars Star Celebration. So they go. To, obviously, no. they go to that one. Uh, but, then, <laughs> but then at the same time, they do other things. And they found out about our convention, and they showed up, and they loved it. And in fact, uh, their first year with, year with us was in 2020. And before the show was over, they, they grabbed me, they pulled me aside, and they said, "Next year, we want to come back." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> of course, well, okay. let's go." <laughs> you know, why are you even asking? You know the answer. <laughs> Uh and then they looked at me and they said they wanted to do a panel too. And I'm like, Ooh. on what? You know, I was totally for it, but I just was curious on what I it want, would it be. Yeah. And they they and I'm gonna butcher this title because I haven't gotten the official title from them yet, but it's something along the lines of how to build an approvable cosplay costume to join the 501st. Ooh. Yeah, because okay. they can't guarantee that it's a it's going to approve. Hi <sighs> Dad. Hey, buddy! What are you doing? Are you gonna go upstairs? Yes. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hey, this, hi. this is my youngest. How you doing? Oh, don't sis. Sis is supposed to be watching you. Remind me to thank <laughs> her later. <laughs> so, uh, the, so their their um, panel is going to be how to make an approvable, or approvably, approvable, approvable yeah. costume to join the Five Hundred First. That's their first panel. Their second panel is going to be a surprise, and you're going to have to wait until I distribute that one. <laughs> so they, they told me they wanted to do this in 2020. So then 2021 goes to hell in a handbasket. We all know what happened. What yeah. But uh, so then I wasn't even sure if I was going to do LodgeCon 2022 because it had been a year. Everybody had lost steam and everything they'd done. I'd lost vendors. Other conventions I knew folded. It, you know, I just wasn't – we were never – a money maker. We do this because I am a weird, sick person who likes to create an extra work. For uh, we, we don't make money off this. Any money we do make, we spend immediately with the vendors that are there at the show. So it's 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 a lose lose. I um, mean, I, I mean, what's the wait. whole
4: point of having fun if you can't enjoy
2: it with <laughs> certain that you love? Exactly. I, I have mean, to it's to, understandable. I got to interject right there because I have to admit, <laughs> if there, so Miguel is my right. He knows. When we first started going and we just started doing interviews, but well, when I joined Easties and started doing interviews, we were, go, we were going to like toy cons and game cons and we, you know, I was sur- surprised at how much money that I was investing. I'm like we're not supposed to be spending money here. We're coming here to work and the mo- I'm like everything that I'm working for is going right back into this. Like I cannot you can't yep. not, not leave a con with something and oh. the quality and the, of the amazing people that you meet, you have to. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: it, it's not just me. It's my wife who's a geek and my children who are geeks. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. So oh I feel bad that. for your wallet. I feel bad <laughs> for your wallet, my friend. Oh, I, definitely I can't geek. retire now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I am a little jealous. Like, uh, My girlfriend is not really a geek. Uh, she likes like witches and Harry Potter. That's as close as she'll get. That's but- geeky? But she'll like she won't play Dungeons and Dragons. She won't watch Lord of the Rings. None of that stuff. Really? Uh, yeah. Like so. You luckily, my my kid is my kid is a geek. So that's what kind of helps me. <laughs> and well, then I And then I have a, these two guys.
1: A Harry Potter game, <laughs> <laughs> fifth edition. <laughs> that's how you handle it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> So uh, just work your way up, just work your way up, you know, you gotta do just, you know fit
1: it through the crack and you, you got it right where you want it. So uh, I wasn't even sure if I was going to do LodgeCon this year and many, many, many months ago, um, the, the, the lead point man for this area is 501st sent me a, a chat one day and he's like, Hey, you got a minute to talk? And I was like, Oh yeah. So he, uh, he calls me real quick and I said, Hey, what's going on? And, he immediately cuts into, so, LodgeCon this year. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I, I guess we're doing LodgeCon this year. Okay. <laughs> um, to be fair, I was kind of like on the fence. I was like, I don't know, should I, should I not? Uh, you know, maybe I'll wait another year, but then the likelihood if I would have waited, it would just would have been horrible. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, they basically called me up and said, LodgeCon, this year, we're going to do this. And I said, oh, Okay. So that, that, as soon as I got that phone call, I looked at the wife and I was like, "We're we're doing LodgeCon this year," and she's just like, "Okay."
3: <laughs>
1: so
0: that is cool though. I'm not gonna lie. That is cool because I'm trying. I'm I'm going over the featured guests and vendors. Yes. Uh, that's where I'm getting the getting the names right. Um, gotcha. So we got Robert Neil.
1: Uh, Robert Giger. Neil Geiger. Geiger, yes. Uh, this is where it's gonna sound funny. I, I, I have a surprising, surprisingly large amount of friends or acquaintances I grew up with who are in interesting, geeky situations that I dragged into the convention. Uh, he was a, a guy I went to high school with who's a self-published author. He's put out three. He's working on his fourth book now. He goes to Gen Con every year to promote it. It's obviously it's very geeky books uh, that he's been putting out, but he's been working on these books for years, and he's, uh, again, a friend of mine who I've known for many years, and I just... Hey, you want to come hawk your book? He's like, yeah, come, sure. You know, so we, we stick him in the vendor area and he sells his book. Or books, excuse me. So, and then uh, another friend of mine, a very good, very close friend of mine, uh, lives in the city of Chicago. He's, he's, a, he's a movie critic. Um, and so he comes down and does panels uh, about geek movies at our convention. Comes okay. down for a Saturday or comes down for a Sunday or whatever, you know, because it's been different years. And uh, he comes down, and the the last one I remember he did was uh, State of the Union. uh, God, it was the State of the Union of Geek Movies, or the State of the Union Marvel Movies. And it was right before, I think it was Infinity War.
0: Oh, that was a –
1: So (laughs) it was him and two other – because he brought two buddies, two other movie critics from Chicago, three of them all together, came down and had a panel about the Marvel MCU universe and the greater implications and how the movies are all obviously being pushed out cinematically, the qualities, the, yeah. the hot part parts of like, you know, the cinematography, the costuming, I mean, the full spectrum of an actual critical review of these movies. And it was amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then we've had <laughs> Illinois Storm Chasers. I'm, I don't know if they're going to be back this year. They've been one of our regulars for many years now, but they usually come in and do a panel on severe weather, things like that. Because it's kind of geeky, if you think about Tornado. That was a great
2: It movie. It, it, it was, was a great movie. Movie. Actually, very it was,
1: underrated.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, so, I, I almost wanted to chase tornadoes after watching that movie. Right?
2: <laughs> like, I, I thought about it.
0: Hey, you...
4: There was a brief moment in my
2: life. I wanted to become a meteorologist. A brief <laughs> moment. <laughs> See,
4: there's a difference between being a meteorologist and actually trying to
2: chase a goddamn Tornado. I, I, I actually, I feel like it was just... it was all in the same category. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you.
1: <laughs> your weather this week.
4: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I'm safe here.
2: You know, I, I'm not an adrenaline junkie like that,
4: but I am,
1: <laughs> which is why
2: when we go to D, why do you think when I go to DD and we play all these games, I'm looking up all of these combinations and tactics. Cause I'm an adrenaline junkie. I want to be the battle junkie. I want to fly from the sky and I want, what is it? Um, the, one thousand person rail candy. <laughs> like I want to do things like that. <laughs>
0: see, see what I mean. How how can I be a dungeon master when I don't even know what that means?
1: <laughs> you wing it. You just say, "Oh yeah, of course." Roll the dice. Just roll, roll the dice. dice. Let's see what that, you get. That's why there's that screen. You're supposed to have a screen. They don't, you don't have to have anything back there. You just have to have a screen. And then just pick up the dice and drop it and be like, no, nah, it didn't work, man. Uh, <laughs> it, was <a> <laughs> it was a two. Super, super overpowered <laughs> down. Sit over, ass
0: down. <laughs> oh. oh, man. But, uh, so I am seeing that there's other games that uh, people can play. Uh, so there's Dungeons & Dragons, Hero Quest, Pathfinder, Starfinder, yeah. and Magic the Gathering.
1: Yeah, oh. there's a magic the gathering tournament that's being uh put together and I, I should have hopefully have something on that soon to post on our facebook page but that's going to be a charity tournament uh to raise money for special olympics uh the torch Run. Oh, nice. so okay. uh, it's it's there's a a lot of conventions and events happened around this area and a lot of them folded or had difficulties and in fact. This, uh, along with one or two others, are kind of being sucked into LodgeCon. Uh This, the cosplay, and another aspect are kind of being brought into the convention to try and give them uh, a forever home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do this convention this time of year, moving forward for the rest of God knows whenever, and we're trying to provide them space and opportunity to hold their convention and a large enough, uh, or to hold their tournament, that is, a large enough space so that way they have the opportunity to raise the money for the charities that they want to work with so uh and he's a great guy al who's putting that together hopefully i'll get something soon and we'll be able to post that up um and another one of those conventions that kind of fell down during covid was um it was known as kinky cosplay chaos it was k 2c or c2 but now they're just cosplay chaos they've lost letter. i mean covid took them out um but they're a cosplay convention that is again one of those things that's kind of being brought into our convention and we're giving them a space and opportunity and they're going to be holding a cosplay convention during launch so um we were fortunate enough to to have a strange business model where we weren't making money but we weren't losing money and other than just the work you know myself and a few others put into it there's really no cost to us to do this while some of these other conventions we're literally trying to live year to year to year on their previous years and when covid hit it it took a lot of the steam and and took a lot of the legs out from these smaller conventions so yeah it did yeah.
0: It, like, i think that's one one uh that's one of the uh things that covid did that maybe not a lot of people talk about is it did knock out a lot of the uh, small mom and pop shops, uh, people well, that have had business, yeah. you know, so like yeah. it did, it did kind of hurt them. Um, we, I know around here, uh, there's a there's a convention that usually pops up uh, once a month. Uh, it's a, maybe I want to say 20 minutes away from my house. It's called ToyCon.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh And what's it called? So I know I've I've talked to the organizers there, and they tell me the same thing. You know, like there's there's a few vendors that had to um you Close know up. stop yeah stop. and i was like man that's crazy you know like it it, it is crazy and what i find funny is how the a lot of the a lot of these uh convention organizers like you guys know each other and you guys are like get along and like i always thought it with rivalry right where i was like no my convention is better than yours <laughs> no. but it, it's not I like i start like I, w- I would go to one in midlothian I yeah. would see the guys from ToyCon. I was like, "What are you doing here?" They're like, "Well, what are you doing here?"
1: <laughs> well, to, to steal a quote, uh, a, "A rising tide raises all ships." Yeah. It's just that simple. If if our convention does good, it, it's going to help the next convention down the road, and vice versa. Um, yeah. It's it's not a competitive atmosphere amongst the different conventions. There's a there's a certain flat level amount of respect to where you try not to step on your neighbor's toes. You know, you don't try and poach their their weekend. You don't try and poach uh, their vendors in the sense that, you know, you would steal them away permanently from an event. But like uh, one of the things I do as a as an organizer is when I go to conventions and I go to a lot of them uh, for two reasons. One, I do what's called vendor shopping. Mm -hmm. I go to a convention. If I see a vendor that's motivated, energetic, outgoing, has a, a product or item that I find appealing or interesting. I try to invite them to our show. Uh, the other thing I do while I'm at these other conventions is I introduce myself to the organizers, and I get a quick rundown of their convention because I want to know what they had success with and what they didn't have success with. Right. And right. and we cherry pick from each other great ideas. Um, and in fact, it, it happened to me um, three years ago. Uh, all of a sudden, these two gentlemen came out of nowhere, and they're like, "Hey, are you the organizer of LodgeCon?" I'm like yeah right in the middle of the show i'm like yeah what do you you need and they were organizers for a different convention and they wanted to know if i had five minutes to spare to give them an opportunity to to pick my brain and i said hell yeah let's sit down and we talked for a good 35 40 minutes uh just trying to give them the the do's and don'ts some -hmm. of the bigger lessons like one have insurance
0: yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> you remember, That's number one yeah, rule one: Insurance You don't have insurance Don't do anything yeah. uh, two Have a venue Big enough for the event That you're trying to do uh, And rule three Promote 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 uh, And it, Unfortunately there was, That con Lasted two years And that was one of those That was taken out mm-hmm. Unfortunately Nice group of guys They had a great idea They had uh, A populous area Because they were right out of Joliet But They just didn't make the year you know? yeah. but i mean we so the convention organizers for the most part are pretty respectfully respectful of each other um when you set your weekends or your event dates you look around and if there's no other convention within like a hundred mile radius you're pretty much okay
3: yeah
1: you know, that's, <laughs> that's my rule of thumb there's nobody else going on for 100 miles i'm good you know that kind of a deal um but you know it, it's just a I don't know, from my experience it's been pretty pretty welcoming between the organizers. That,
0: that's good. I'm not gonna lie, that like that's that's pretty cool. Like I, I know we went to a convention It was here in, in the Chicago area. Um and what's it called? It was it was their first time they did a convention. It was pretty cool. They wanted to do nothing but comic book artists. Like yeah. no no actors, no nothing, just comic yeah. book artists, especially local and indie ones. We we met a we, we met a lot of good artists uh, mm-hmm. that we still keep in touch with. Um, and there was another podcast there, right? And the organizer's like, hey, there's another podcast there. Um, I don't know if you guys want to do a cross episode. Whatever you guys want to do, I'll introduce you. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, I introduced myself, and like it, it was just the complete opposite. He was like, oh, um, so where are you going to be? Because I, I have this whole area. And I'm like... Well, I mean, we're just walking around, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. like we don't have an area. I, I, you know, he did ask if I wanted to, like, set up a spot. I was like, no, you know, we're fine. We brought everything. We could do everything mobile. Like, you know, it's yeah. fine. We're just here for interviews. We'll plug them into into an episode or or put them on YouTube or something. And he's like, oh, so I'm gonna be here, here, here at this time. That way, you're not you're not around me. And I'm like, all it's right, like whatever. You know, you. I'm like, um, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. You know And uh, afterwards, the organizer did tell me, he's like, hey, you know, uh, like I talked to a lot of the uh, comic book uh, um, creators and like they had really good things to say about you guys. Uh, He's like, for some reason, they weren't huge fans of this other guy. Like, he's like, I thought he was a good guy. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't want to say anything bad. I was like, oh, he seemed fine to me,
1: you know. But no, he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I can say he wasn't. That just sounds like a rotten apple. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. I could be wrong. Now uh, we we uh one of the local podcast well not really so much local but the Geek Awakens podcast is pretty much like our right hand guys uh, they've been around since year two they're a podcast group out of Springfield Illinois they come up every weekend uh, for the last five six years now uh, wonderful group uh, and they're uh, kind of geek centric around either comics and movies is what their podcast and and basically media in general. Uh, and they have a, a monthly show that they do, and they've been around for a number of years. And they're probably the easiest-going people ever. So if you guys make it down to LodgeCon, I'll introduce <laughs> we'll, you to them, we'll be and there. they'll love chatting with you guys. They
2: love talking to everybody. Uh, we'll, we'll, so, uh, we'll definitely be there. Uh, we will be at LodgeCon this nice. year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when was the very first uh, LodgeCon ever?
1: Oh, out? God. Uh, that was that... I'd like to claim that very first one at the game store... And that was oh, okay. seven years ago. So seven what would years. that be? Twenty sixteen? Twenty fifteen? Fifteen? Somewhere there. Twenty fifteen. <laughs> oh, All okay. Right. Oh, so I'm old. Have been i been around it. <laughs> yeah, we've like I said, we've been around uh, this is our seventh year, but only our sixth event. Because again mm-hmm. because last of COVID, year. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so and then I'm trying to think what else would be kind of
2: interesting. Uh well before we get to that, I do have one question that will follow sure. up with the that um so the last con I attended asked this wonderful mind-blowing question and I found a way to incorporate this in every single podcast since I first heard it. So he does. over this se- <laughs> yeah <laughs> so over the seven years of you running LodgeCon, what is the one experience that you would love to relive in that seven years?
1: Ooh. that's a good one
2: right yeah <laughs> when he first asked me that, i was like why are you asking
1: me all right it wasn't even it wasn't even at my convention uh i was at another convention doing my my vendor shopping and i wasn't even in like lodgecon apparel and somebody walked up to me and said hey you're the lodgecon guy right Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was pretty cool. I mean, just the simple fact that I was walking around and, and oh I want bad. to say it was a vendor. He's like, hey, you're a LodgeCon guy, right? And I'm like, yes, I am. Yeah, <laughs> Which was kind of fun. But uh, the, the best, uh, uh, that's that's a tricky one. Uh, when my wife got on board fully with Logicon, I would say that would probably be one of the top one right there. Yeah, uh, that was like definitely. the first year or two, she kept giving me a side eye, like right. "Are you sure you want to do this?" <laughs> and then like the year three, she's like, "I don't know if I want to do this." And then year four, she was like, "We're doing this." <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, year four is and that was that was it when the wife was fully on board and she was dictating okay. stuff to me, and I'm like, "Yes, dear."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, at year four it did not it was no longer yours it was ours <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh,
1: i like to point out to her
2: that i'm the chief executive officer and she likes to point out
1: she's the chief financial officer oh, so it's like oh, yes oh, yes dear, yes, dear. Where So does the power of his <laughs> <laughs> the purse That's what yeah. <laughs> we have an equal relationship i earn it she spends it i, 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 I was there it couldn't get any more you than that you couldn't get more equal than that no. oh, i'm waiting man. for the shoe <laughs> you know it's going to come flying around the corners she'll wait until i'm off the podcast she doesn't want witnesses <laughs> she's smarter um, than that Always marry up, gentlemen. That's my only advice. Always marry up. I did that. She figured out too late, and now we're stuck with two kids and 20 years of marriage. She can't leave now. <laughs> I love the fact that you keep looking around. The corner. <laughs> yeah, like you said, like you said, he's waiting for oh, that flying coming. chocolate, bro. Just to... I'm telling you, I just saw her come down like five minutes ago right? in a peripheral vision. But um, yeah, no, LodgeCon has been has been a labor of love. It's it's worked out pretty well pretty nicely for a lot of things. I've made some really good friends. Uh, I met some vendors that are, have become friends that come to my show every year regardless. Um, I had vendors that would have came last year if I would have held, held the show, right. um, which it sounds crazy, but they would have. Um, yeah. I've made some uh, some fun game time at the, at the events. Uh, I've learned a lot about um, project managing, uh, budgeting, uh, promotions, uh, networking. Uh, I've learned a lot of those things over the last couple of years and it's it's worked out pretty well and it's, it's served the convention pretty well. Um, like I said, our first year we had 50 and our last event we had over 400. So every wow. year we've you know kind of ratcheted up the number in attendees. So I'm, I'm a little nervous, I will say, that with this year because we had a year off and I know some of our vendors and some of our attendees aren't coming back. Uh, so we're, we're reaching out there, trying to reach out to more groups, more gamers, more vendors to try and fill those voids of those individuals we know aren't coming back. So I don't know what our general attendance is going to be this year. I'm hoping for good numbers, praying for good numbers, <laughs> uh, but you you get what you get. Yeah, so. right. right.
0: Like, no, I, I have a feeling it'll, it'll be good numbers. I, I think that uh, definitely, uh, what's it called? Because of COVID, a lot yeah. of people have been locked inside and they kind of want to go out and do something, so yes. I, I I I do know that that's one one thing that's happening. So that will probably give you who knows you might get over four hundred people this year.
1: I would like to see that. But, I you know as long as we're growing, we're, we're good. It's when you stop growing that you have issues. And, you and to be bit. and to be fair, for a little low this year, I'll take it because of what happened. But well, from this year forward, we're going to continue that growth. So we'll rent, a bus. Retu-
0: we'll rent the bus and start busing people <laughs> over there from Chicago.
1: I, I would appreciate that.
4: <laughs> so, with the return of LodgeCon coming back this year, uh, what would be one thing that you wish your attendees will leave with? Like, uh, let's say first timers or uh, returnees Returning. that are, yeah, yeah. What? like, what, what would be the one thing that you hope that they would leave with, like a great memory or you know, just something from your perspective?
1: One, the overall impression that you can get knocked down and get, get back up. That being an impression. Yeah, we can get okay. kicked down. Let's get right back up as soon as you get kicked down. Okay. I tell my kids that all the time. You're allowed to fail. You're allowed to fall. You're not allowed to stay down. <laughs> right. um, so, and then uh, generically speaking, I got, we got uh, Dan the Bard. <laughs> I so, did see that. Wait, <laughs> yeah. So
2: I, hey, let's just hop on it. So uh, before this podcast, I was sent. Uh, of course, I was doing a little bit re- research about Lashkind. I sent them countless videos <laughs> that was posted. I'm like, this guy Dan the Bard. I'm like, I gotta meet him. <laughs> oh yeah, he's coming on Saturday. Dan the Bard. <laughs> first off, he's a real nice guy, real nice gentleman,
1: super cool guy. But his his shtick is awesome. You know, he <laughs> sings funny songs about D and D. It's just hilarious. Um, so I, I, I'm hoping everybody gets a chance to check him out. Uh, I hope they enjoy the games. I hope they find a game that they like and they and they have fun playing it or I hope they find a new game that never never knew existed uh, I hope they find an old game that they haven't played in forever i I right. just want people to come in and enjoy themselves yeah okay uh,
0: so i I do have one uh one question uh we which we could see if there's anybody any other questions after this one just because mm-hmm. it's already an hour and I don't want to take too much of your time oh, wow. But um what's it called um right right <laughs> 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 so, I feel like the geek culture is starting to be very popular, and it's starting to be kind of like the new fashion statement, almost, right? Like, yeah. So, for example, for you that you grew up where you know being being a geek, it wasn't as glorified as it is now. um You know, like when when we were growing up, oh um, you know, we couldn't watch anime, we couldn't watch com- we couldn't read comic books because you know you get made fun of, you know, different things like that. Basically hiding in the closet.
1: <clears throat> oh, yeah, dude. Oh, no, yeah. my Lord, yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody in my high school openly talked about playing D&D. Nobody. You know, that group of 10 of us, mm. we didn't tell anybody. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> you didn't even talk D&D anything near the school. You know, I mean, I, I grew right. up in a small town out in the middle of a rural nowhere. And, and and you, you had people beaten beat up for wearing glasses you yeah. know, you didn't talk about I played D.D. this weekend <laughs> No, 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 no that, that, that never happened and especially the age that I grew up in in like the the late 80s early 90s oh my lord no oh and then now like you were saying the popularity of all this stuff is uh it, it, I'm gonna say it's heartwarming because when I was a kid those were my favorite things and I couldn't share them with the general public. I couldn't just look Man. at something and be like, Oh, I crit on that. I could say that now. And somebody's going to know, even if they don't yeah. play they're going to know a crit means you did something really good. Yeah. Right. If I was a kid and said that they're going to look at me and send me to get mental health. Right? <laughs> so the, the fact that it's, it's kind of come out into lexicon of pop culture. I mean, you, you've got TV shows like stranger things, mm-hmm. Uh, re- referencing D&D and the popularity of that show. You have uh, all sorts of different podcasts, uh, YouTube channels, Twitch channels. You have all this um, immersion and access into geek culture, including excellent TV shows, excellent comics, um,
2: movies. I, I, yeah. So I will say one of the benefits of COVID is it started the decade of the geek locking yeah, everybody inside <laughs> literally because i was even up to 2020 it was starting to come out but yeah. it really got popularized and like geek culture after 2020 has skyrocketed it becomes so much more acceptable yeah. now than it was just in 2020 well it, like
1: in 1990 uh or 2019 not 1919 <laughs> <laughs> in 2019 I noticed that th- that that shift was coming that they yeah. accepted like, coming out a and little more culture and yeah. in, you know, like um, big Bang theory. They were playing yeah. D D on, on channel two. <laughs> yeah. right. now, that never would have happened when I was a kid. You no. know, and the fact that you know that started in 2018, 2019, and then you know, we, like you said, we had the beginning of geek culture the nerd culture where it just <laughs> exploded because nobody else had anything to do but watch YouTube because we're stuck at home. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? Yep. <laughs> and, and so look what happened. I mean, you got like the Matt Mercer uh you know critical uh critical role. Critical you, role, yeah. You know, oh yeah. Oh. So many different podcasts yeah. and or just like informational uh YouTube channels about D and Pathfinder and gaming in general. I mean it's insane. I love it. Don't get me wrong, I love it. It's great. Um, because like my kids are geeks. Now they can talk about geek stuff at school. Yeah. for me it's awesome. I love it.
4: Well,
0: definitely, yeah. definitely. The, on, the only con to me, for me, was my girlfriend tells me, she's like, oh, because she's like, oh, like, why are you such a geek, right? And, like, I'll show him, like, I'm like, did you know that? Because she's likes, like, that Joan. I, can't, I can never pronounce his last name. Joe Manganiello.
1: Oh, Joe Mang- Manganiello.
0: Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah. he he's a geek. So is uh, <laughs> Henry Campbell. She's like, yeah, but you don't look like them. I was like, no, <laughs> <man."> <laughs> oh, oh. Like, that would okay. that, that, that that, that hurt me. That's cold. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh. oh, but yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. So um, real quick before we end yeah. this. Oh,
2: Before we end, I got to jump in with at least one more question, because you've like you said, you've been playing D&D since you were 13 that like said, 30 plus years of experience. And for somebody who just started, you know, of course, I'm waiting for those moments of sheer awe and amazement. So what has been the most memorable campaign that you've ever played in?
1: So that group of 10, we've got that one forever GM. Uh, We had a a campaign that we dubbed the House of Pain. (laughs) uh, That lasted, oh, I'm going to butcher these numbers. It lasted over a decade. Wow. Um, And when we were, because we started it when we were in high school. And we went through at least two years of high school, four years of college. And then it kind of started tapering off to where, uh, we would do it like a couple times a year, and then we finally got up to 20th level, and this is back. We started the game in 2nd edition. <laughs> we, we stopped it when 4th edition came out. Wow! So that'll tell you how long of a time span that was. Um, but yeah, we, we eventually stopped doing it all together, and then every other year, we have a Christmas special. Uh, <laughs> we bust out those characters, and we, we, we play. Um, but that was probably the longest one there was. We had the House of Pain, Worm Scourge, uh, the uh, <laughs> Web and the Exiles.
2: Um, I just the- want to know about that. The, the, that oh, that that <laughs> moment, that <laughs> recollection of oh. I- <laughs> we we can't just call it the
1: Exiles. It's Web and the Exiles, and that's because one guy kept going around with character, telling every tavern and bar that he ran into. It wasn't the Exiles. It was Webb and the Exiles. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, Storm Riders. Oh, my favorite one, Storm Riders. Stormers. So, yeah, we've had quite, and that was just all under one GM over a span of like high school to uh, literally just in August. We did a uh, a one shot where we all played bards. <laughs> oh, it was a bar, It was a bar, an entire bar party and that was glorious and that was like a, a 12 13 hour run i think all together when everything wow. was said and done and uh yeah you know it's just great times but more to the point i think you are going to love playing the game obviously and then you're gonna have a ton of memories but i think you in particular i think you're gonna end up gravitating from fifth edition to second edition because you, the way we've talked already a little bit, I've gotten a peek inside your head already.
3: <laughs> Fifth
1: edition is a is a very good game. Fifth edition's a solid game. Pathfinder Second Edition, in my humble opinion, is is a better tactical game, and I think you, in particular, are going to be like you're going to want that that level of. Everybody calls it crunch. You're going to want that level of crunch. I am very. I don't know about the rest about of you, but I know you
4: should. <laughs> <laughs> uh let me see uh all right oh, what would you recommend for example like me a complete noob and really wants to get into it what would be a good first game to recommend me to start off just like so could get the motor running get you know start started yeah. getting ready
1: that's kind of a i'm gonna give you a trick answer it's not a trick okay. question but i'm gonna give you a trick answer uh any game is good if you got the right person running the game period that's okay um but D and D fifth edition is an excellent game for new people getting into role playing games. It really mm. is. It's, it's probably okay. the best entry level game there is. It's easy to learn, uh, it's easy to play, it's easy to figure out the rules, um, and, and there's no wrong way to play it. Uh, when you get to that point where you want a little bit more crunch, <laughs> <laughs> you want a little more crunch, then, then you're gonna you'll get tired of fifth edition and you'll want a different type of game. And there's a lot of different games out there. There's uh, Savage Worlds. There's Pathfinder, Starfinder, D D fifth edition. There's even older editions of D and D that might be more appealing to you, like you know, like a three point five or a three zero. Uh, there's Call of Cthulhu, is a different type of game. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, cool. that's not a long running <laughs> game. <laughs> oh, oh, never mind. Never mind that's like three or four sessions, and your character's dead. and You got to start over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shadow Run. Yeah, you know, where you're the bad guys, Robin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I,
4: I definitely have that game in the back of my mind already, yeah. run. Oh. I mean, you said as soon as, you know, you get to be the bad guy. I mean, you had me sold with that. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I,
1: you and, know. And, and there's so many others out there that I'm just, I'm blanking on at the moment. But basically, if you get somebody who can run a game and you can run it halfway decent, any game is good. But ideally, fifth edition for entry level is perfect. And then, um, you know, people like to say that D and D is also like the gateway game where you start (laughs) with D and D, but then there's so many others, you find other things that, you know, that draw your attention and
0: you end up playing other games. Yeah. No, yeah. But like, uh, like, uh, like we said, uh, like we are interested in uh, starting to play a little bit more D and D, especially the right way to play D &D. Uh, and (laughs) D. So me and Ernest, we're both, we both, we were, we're both in the IT field. And uh, one time we got together, uh, we were in this boot camp and we created a kind of a we did a that. mini D&D game we using did. python but so it was just a screen right oh, it's a screen yeah. you, could, you know you're it's like you, original you roll the dice Oregon. it was yeah. like
2: original Oregon where it was a text based game i forgot nice. about that and was, it's was like all right you go down this corridor there's the goblin. What did you do? <laughs> so, we, send me we, a copy. We'll
0: talk. We, we <laughs> like we broke that game so me trying to make it better. We kept yeah. breaking it so we got it all the way from the beginning cuz we didn't know what we were doing. We we're just oh. we we're good to, to code. Find so. That
2: code. That yeah.
1: No, sometimes simpler is better.
2: Yeah. It really
1: is. It doesn't have to be an elaborate, over the top, techie, in-depth, multiple storyline game to be a fun game. It's it's not it's it's not and especially at the role playing games uh, when you're sitting at the table with your friends. It's not even the mechanics of the of the game. Sure. You roll a crit and everybody's going to yell and scream. Uh, that's awesome. But it, it's it's it is about the story and and more so than even the story. It's about you and your friends sitting around the table having a good time.
3: Right.
1: And more importantly, that's it. If you and your friends are having a good time, you're doing it right. Period. That's it. End of story. You know, if you and your friends are sitting around the table and everybody's miserable and throwing pencils at you, <laughs> figure <laughs> it out. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. But otherwise, it. you know, I like I said, I've been playing for 30 some odd years now. There's times where I didn't roll dice because I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you hit. That's amazing. Because the, it, it served the story and it served mm-hmm. the fact that my friends were at the table and they were accomplishing in game awesome things. Um, yeah, you know, Star Wars, for example, is a role-playing game. There's several versions of it out right now. Uh, and we were playing a Star Wars version of D20 system uh, a few years back. And my wife was playing a hacker. And we were playing during a particular period of time where there were battle droids around. And she hacked into the mainframe of a battleship, a droid control ship, to be fair. And she after a long progressive series of roles and <laughs> she ended up getting all control over the battle droids, R- and it. made them Conga. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what the? <laughs> oh, all I right, cool. It. I get it. That's cool. <laughs> no. Yeah, and again, it was it was complete legit. You know, as far as like, because I'm a I'm a bit of a rules lawyer. I mean, oh, it was legit. I- it was legit roles, It was legit situation. Legit scenario. Her and her team. I left the back door wide open, and they walked through it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. "So to this day, if you say conga line, she gets all excited and starts talking about the metalcore conga line."
2: <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That's amazing. That it is. I'm gonna keep that one in my back pocket when we go to Con, <laughs> oh. <I'm> gonna... <laughs> yeah, Just
1: be like Star Wars conga line. She'll start smiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Oh. Yeah, but I love her still <laughs> looking for that shoe yeah. <laughs>
0: okay so um okay so for everybody once again that is LodgeCon. it will be on November it'll start at November 5th at 7 a.m and it will end at November 6th at 6 p.m correct correct right, so it and it is going to be from 7 a.m up to midnight. <laughs> for the, the first, day? first day yeah yep. and then from the second day it'll be from 6 a.m to 6 p.m
1: 7 a.m to
0: 7 a.m to 6 p.m okay yeah,
1: yeah and that's for the game hall that's the vendor the hall is uh nine to five or ten to five okay, okay. We'll, uh, we'll have to check official dates will be posted <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you, they could find all the information on facebook uh facebook.com slash lodgecon or you could just yeah. search up lodgecon and it'll be the first thing that pops up i checked I triple-checked. I've been 100% sure. Like, I, was, I looked up. I was like, let me make sure and yes, that is the first thing that pops up, which is good, right? It, yeah. It's, it's always great when you're the first one. Yeah, well, <laughs>
1: when you get stuck with a unique name, it's surprising how uh, once your name kind of gets out there, you know, because I don't know too many conventions that start off Lodge. Right, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I, think I that's can the first, it's one, for first one for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's either geek or game or yeah, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. So
0: like, it's funny how we got our name. We couldn't think of anything, and then the guy that kind of does the did the website, he was like, "Why are just Geek Studios?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, uh, why not? all right, Let's roll with it?" He's, he's and we're yeah, like, "It's work. taken." We're like, "It's taken." What are we gonna do? He's like, "Ah." But have you tried with a, with a Z. Z? I was like, well, So <laughs> that's how we got our name. No, <laughs> no, I,
4: bro, I think that's how my last name started, too. Because, I mean, if you spell out my name, it's it's Games. Basically, it's G-A-M-E-Z. Game, <laughs> but with a Z, you know. Like, oh, have you tried with a Z this time? I'm like, oh, hey, my lineage. Bloodline. It's 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 weird, but okay.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Uh,
0: okay. All right. So um is there any other social media you want to you would like to plug before we uh end this episode?
1: Uh no, just uh thanks for having me on again, November fifth and sixth. Uh general admission is free and that gets you into the vendor hall, that gets you into the seminars and panels, and a game hall badge is uh ten bucks for the weekend.
0: Okay, um, so we're we're definitely going to be there, and for anybody that's listening, if you find Ernest at the convention,
2: I will pay you cosplay. Go,
0: go tickle him. <laughs> <laughs> wait, whoa, wait, wait! That's aggressive. Challenge accepted. No, like, challenge no, accepted. <laughs> no, that's not happening. He, he doesn't like getting tickled. That's <laughs> this is not happening. But uh, thank you so much for joining, and. Uh, we will definitely be looking forward to uh going to LodgeCon on November. Definitely, 5th. Nice. Definitely,
1: definitely. Thank you guys.
0: All right. Well, no, thank, thank you everybody. You, You've been amazing. We will see you guys next time.
3: Gang gang. <laughs>